Hey folks, Daryl for School of Thought. It's great to be back and welcome to the third episode of School of Thought. Today we're talking about how I am of the School of Thought that you need an emergency preparedness plan. Before we start on that, we might as well define what an emergency is. It's three things. It's serious, unexpected, and for the most part, dangerous and requires immediate attention. And so whenever we're dealing with serious, unexpected, and often dangerous situations that require immediate attention, it also requires a semblance of preparedness for the event that is serious, unexpected, and often dangerous. Because if we do not give it our full and immediate attention, disaster strikes. You know, right now we're living in in emergencies. You know, the climate emergency. I mean, we've got weather that's more irrational than me when I'm sleep-deprived and hungry. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, climate change, folks, is real. The, the, The globe is warming. Global warming. Ice caps are melting. Things are not as good as they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. I mean, let's just look at some of the examples in Canada. Just recently, the summer of 2021 was the hottest summer on record in Canada. There were more days with more than 30 degrees Celsius average weather, according to CBC weather, in Canadian history. That means more days of the summer period were over 30 degrees than usual. Let's look at all these wildfires that have been happening left, right, and center. I mean, people remember the Fort McMurray fires of 2016. People remember the, the, the wildfire just recently in British Columbia. The town of Lytton, B.C. basically burned to the ground. I mean, but, you know, thank goodness those guys out there, they're rebuilding. They're going to be building back in ways that makes their community better. And, you know, we, we wish them the best of luck. And even in northern Ontario, there are wildfires. And let's not act as if the effects of wildfires are only contained to a certain region where the wildfire happened. No, because the smoke, smoke knows no borders. So in southern Ontario, when northern Ontario had their wildfires, the smog went all over southern Ontario. There were smog alerts for about a week. Serious stuff. This is the kind of smog that stays in your lungs. If you've got asthma, if you're young, if you're old, you're not going to be doing too shabby. You're not going to be doing too good. Okay, there's been floods. I mean, I remember my hometown of Brantford experienced flooding in 2018. Our local newspaper noted that about 5,000 people were evacuated. Okay, I remember the bridge, the 
because Brantford's kind of split into two down the Grand River. The bridge to get from West Brant to downtown, the water was probably like, like just a meter from hitting the bridge. The water was flowing because the spring came super early and melted all the snow and ice so quickly. We're dealing with more tornadoes than we usually have. And once again in BC, they're dealing with a state of emergency because of mudslides and what they and what meteorologists are calling an atmospheric river. And you know it's highly complicated, but it's a lot of pressure, hot air, cold air, it's doing all kinds of things to the province of British Columbia. And so again, you know. We gotta give them our best. We gotta support them in any any way we can. But unfortunately, folks, these emergencies caused by climate change aren't going to get any better if things don't change. But I'm not gonna delve into that. I'm gonna delve into what we can do right now. And what we can do is prepare an emergency preparedness kit and have an emergency preparedness plan. Not just for summer, but for all year round. Because I I always tell my friends this, time and fate have a weird way of doing things. And weather is a part of that fate sometimes. So when you're doing your emergency preparedness plan, you have to factor in a few things. Things like, what am I going to wear? You need to have seasonal clothes prepared. Seasonal clothes prepared. You need to, you know, already have, you know, it allocated that, you know, if we're going to be in a heat wave, this is kind of what I'm going to wear. So, you know, you probably shouldn't be wearing black clothing. Uh also going to want to consider food rationing. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not just going to your local grocery store to panic buy because that again causes supply chain issues. People who actually need supplies aren't able to access those supplies and you create a two-tiered of emergency preparedness. So we need to be of we need to be of the, the school that, you know, we're all each other's keepers. And so before there's even an emergency, you need to start preparing for the eventuality that one day there may or may not be an emergency. Like, like for example, I know in my apartment, I, I, I've got food rations in case after I hunger down and quarantine for COVID. I mean, obviously I'll need to restock on my rations, but I've got cream of mushroom soup. I've got pasta sauce in the jar. I've got dry pasta. I've got meat in the freezer. And so, you know, in case I have to hunker down, I know that I'm not going to be starving or have to rely on the goodwill of the neighbors. I'll be able to fend for myself for a few days. Um, For all of you who often live far distances away and require fuel, for a lot of what you do, you might want to also consider buying extra gas 
And you again, these are the kinds of things that you want to do before the emergency strikes, because that's when government often puts in the rationing themselves. So, for example, the government of British Columbia, to deal with their state of emergency, has announced that no one can buy more than 30 liters of gas. Now, in some communities, often rural communities where you have a lot of trucks, and, you know, this is nothing against truck drivers, quite frankly, I love trucks. But, you know, 30 liters is not going to do that much. So you want to keep extra fuel reserves in case one day government's like, well, we're sorry, but you can't take more than 30 liters or you can't take more than 20 liters. So you want to have those reserves of extra gas. It might also be prudent to invest in generators, generators, um, power generators. They can be often expensive, so that's why, you know, you got to start saving up. But heck, sometimes if you can't even afford a generator, this is probably the most important thing you can do when hunkering down for an emergency is entertainment. We're human beings. We're not meant to do nothing. And you know the old saying, idle hands make trouble. So you want to have some sort of entertainment, especially, especially if you're hunkering down with other people, because that's when disunity begins to form. So you want to get books. I'm telling you, reading is so important. It's not only, you know, good for your mind, but it's also quite entertaining to Either immerse yourself into a story or to learn about someone else's story. There's so much you can get from reading. But board games, board games ain't so bad too. You gotta love Monopoly or The Game of Life. Maybe even Clue. There's so many board games. Card games. And I'm not just talking about, you know, goldfish or poker or blackjack. Although by all means, you go ahead and do that too. You might also want to get some, uh, there was this game, actually played, uh, it's called Skippo. I'm not a fan of it, but, you know, I know some of my good friends are, you know, obsessed with that game. So, yeah, again, get those card games. And uh, if you do happen to have power, you might also want to get a few movies Maybe even some TV shows, the full seasons, that would that'd be a good idea. And honestly, fundamentally, when we're dealing with uh, emergencies, sometimes you have to hunker down, stay home. But other times, there's going to have to be times where you have to withdraw. Um, so, again, I'm thinking about Lytton, B.C., when they were dealing with their wildfires in the summer of 2021 you know these people had a finite amount of minutes to just get out of home and go gosh knows where so you know if you've got family you've got good friends that you trust and you know a neighboring town or nearby you might also want to factor them in to your emergency planning because sometimes staying where you are only endangers you and draws away from government resources. 
And, you know, I'm not trying to blame anyone who has to hunker down or sometimes leaves too late because, quite frankly, we've got some great volunteers who go out of their way, put themselves at risk to rescue us. You know, I'm talking about the people who fly helicopters, rescuing people that are caught in mudslides when they're trying to go to a safer place. And so we have to give them our salute, our admiration, and our respect. And also during emergencies, we have to submit to government authority sometimes, you know? Sometimes you just gotta listen to what our authorities are telling us because sometimes it's actually important and it helps us in the long run. But what other role can government do in besides actually rescuing us during emergencies they themselves also have to build the infrastructure that helps to mitigate these emergencies i'm talking about strategies such as forest management making sure that the brush on the ground isn't tinder for a wildfire i'm talking about having planes that are able to dump water on wildfires ready on a moment's notice during wildfire season. And already, governments are doing that. But we have to continue to do that. We also have to work on things such as underground barriers for tornado season, because, again, as climate change continues, the weather gets hotter. But we also have those cool air bursts that's how tornadoes basically happen. So we have to have more secure underground structures as well. When dealing with floods, we have to take the cities, have to take the example of countries like the Netherlands. I'm talking about their North Sea production works. We're talking about a series of dams, barriers, and dikes that are used to control floodwaters. Because believe it or not, the Netherlands, a lot of their country is actually below sea level. And so if you don't have things like the North Sea Protection Works, they are flooded and th there's nowhere to live. So we have to invest in infrastructure like the North Sea Protection Works. An infrastructure like that, it also creates jobs. Not just construction jobs that are temporary, but we're also talking about the jobs that require annual periodic maintenance. And so there's so much that we can do on the end of the government and we ourselves. But fundamentally, there needs to be the sense that emergencies are always imminent because emergencies are always unexpected. So start drawing up your emergency preparedness plan. I know that I'm, I'm also going to have to start drawing up a new emergency preparedness plan soon. But there is no day like today to start. So I want to thank you for listening. I want to wish you good luck as you prepare your emergency preparedness plan. And stay spicy, folks. We'll see you soon.